And uh, welcome to another spectacular edition of the Ghost Shooting Sports Podcast. Boom, 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 boom. We're near the end of the year. We're near the end of the year. We have uh, guest producer Rich Leibach doing fireworks. Too much is going on. It's got a lot of excitement. And I just like smack the mic Mm -hmm. so there's far like noise. Now Richard dropped his phone on the table. There's noise there. He's drinking a Diet Coke. Everyone's got, Evan's got a Red Bull. I've got nothing in here. I got a, didn't bring a drink. Didn't bring a drink with me today. That's unfortunate. I'm very tired, so. Mm. That's that's, uh, It is what it is. You need a 12 ounce Red Bull. Gives you wings. Does it? Does it give you wings? I feel a little better now than I did like an hour ago. So yeah, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, fresh off a nice little reunion trip back home to watch the Buccaneers, uh, Choke it away, but then pull it out. So that was fun. It was fun. It wasn't fun, you know, the end of, you know, the whole fourth quarter actually was pretty terrible. But um, the overtime made it well worth it. I turned it on uh, on my YouTube TV phone app, and the stream started buffering a little bit after the first down play in overtime for Tampa. So I just, like, it, it finally caught up, and I hit, like, the fast forward to live action button. And when I hit that, all of a sudden, the Buccaneers were celebrating a touchdown. So if I had just been patient, I would have actually been able to kind of, kind of, I wasn't watching it. I had, you know, I was listening to it, but I was at a stoplight so I could fast forward a little bit. And if I had just been more patient, I actually would have heard and seen the touchdown. But I was like, nah, I'll just catch up live. There's no way they're going to score. And then Brashard Perriman is like hugging Tom Brady. And it's like, oh, that's great. So go Bucks. Yeah, I guess. The Bears had an awesome first half. Awesome first half against Green Bay. And you know what? I knew it was going wrong when the Bears were up 10 nothing. I was watching with my friend. Not you. You are my friend, but I have other friends. Not you. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know, the last time the Bears played a great first half in Green Bay was uh, 2018, and then they blew it in the second half, that Sunday night game. And, and as soon as I said that, like the Packers scored twice. But then the Bears made it interesting. They let it halftime. It was 2018 the year Randall Cobb did something cool? Yeah, 70, well, he's done a couple cool things. Air quote. It was a long TD. Long he's, catch. he's caught he's caught a couple long touchdowns to break the Bears' hearts a couple of times. He 2013 and 2018. Yeah, not so great. He's not the ultimate bear killer like Aaron Rodgers is, but he's an accessory to the crime, basically, Randall Cobb. So like, you know, Aaron Rodgers does the murdering, but Randall Cobb bought the knife, you know. Yep. So that's pretty much it. But yeah. Include that in there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's enough of that really the- sad, depressing <laughs> football talk. Uh, let's talk about local sports. We are the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Austin Huff, Evan Leepak. I don't think I actually introduced our names. Austin Huff. Nobody who listens knows who we are, probably. I was right. going to say, I think our <laughs> listeners know who, which ones were uh, sent out. We're 50, 50 weeks into the two of us doing this. I think we got a good idea of, of who's who. We need Rich to chime in now. <laughs> They'll be like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Um, let's talk a little sports. Local, local sports. Uh, a little bit of a lighter week this past week, I would say. Not as much going on. Uh, the wrestling and the swimming worlds. It's necessarily. The COVID. We'll get we'll get to that in a little bit, but got some we'll start, COVID mess ups. We'll uh, we'll start with our uh, undefeated girls basketball team, the Fairfield Falcons, ten and zero. Big victory Friday in the NECC over Lakeland. Evan, you were there. Uh, maybe give a little rundown of how the Falcons were able to pull off the victory over the Lakers. 
trying to remember in my brain. It's been a long uh, four days. Four days, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a fun game. I would I would give Lakeland some uh, some props because they played for the most part really well, especially offensively. To score fifty two points and only shoot two free throws is uh you know I mean that's a pretty solid offensive outing against a Fairfield team that's very good on defense. Likes to force turnovers. They force 14 of them, which is kind of a lot, but seen a lot more in high school, so it's not terrible. Um, but yeah, at, at the end, I think it's just Fairfield's too too team oriented. They have too many people that you can get the ball to and score. They had four players and double figures. I mean, even when Lakeland cut it close, I'm like, oh, here we go. Maybe maybe they have a shot here. Got some momentum. Fairfield always seemed to hit a big shot or, you know, get to the foul line. 21 of 27 compared to 1 of 2 for Lakeland. I mean, that's that's the difference right there, right? Mm-hmm. I know Brody was happy about that after after the contest, getting to talk to him. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing, huh? 10-0. Yeah, 4-0 in the conference. And but, uh, uh, they're playing well. And, you know, like, you know, a lot, of, a lot of attention goes to their three starters, the the Killer Bees, right? The Bailey Willard, Brooke Sanchez, and Bree Garber. Yeah. It was but, Willard. It was Willard on Friday. Right. She, she knocked down six threes, the had thing, 19 points. The good thing about them is that they have those three kind of, like, star players, and any one of them can go off. I mean, Brooke Sanchez had 25 against Angola a couple weeks ago. You know, Bree Garber has had monster games for them, double-doubles, you know, 19 and 10 or whatever. Um but, you know, the play that they're getting out of Kaylee Dillon and Morgan Gothrop also in that starting lineup has been really critical for them to, you know, it's not just three players. Those three are stars, and they can go off, like I said, any time. But you got to have the supporting cast to be a good team like that. And that's what I, t- you know, last week when I was talking with Brody for our, our story, I wrote about them in their, you know, great start, best start ever. Um, you know, he mentioned, like, you know, everyone kind of just knows their role, accepts their role. You know, on this team, which is like huge. You know, you, you have players who are trying to do more than what they're supposed to do. Then that's where you get issues. But like Kaylee Dillon, she knows you know what her role is as a sophomore guard. You can know, facilitate the ball. You know, What's more your favorite be- word, scrappy. Scrappy. That's how I would uh, describe Kaylee Dillon. Yes, she's very good at stealing the ball. Scrappy and mm-hmm. getting getting rebounds under the basket that she has no business getting. Right. So. They're they're yeah. She is a she's a like. You know, like last year they had Kayla Kayla Miller. I'm not saying that Kaylee Dillon is the same player, but Kayla Miller was a kind of a jack of all trades. She did a little bit of everything. She wasn't maybe the star, but she knew her role. She did everything the right way. She knew how to do everything. Like they have a couple like Gothrop and Dillon are kind of those type of players, and that allows Bree Garber to go have a big game, or Bailey Willard have a big game, or Brooke Sanchez to have a big game. Like. That's a well-rounded starting five, and you know that that's tough to beat, especially at the two A level, uh, and in a, in a conference like the NECC, which is a little down this year, not completely down. You still have Garrett, and you still have Central Noble there, and the girls, but you know they're gonna win at a minimum. Like you know they're gonna probably go at, at, at a bare minimum ten and two in conference, or ten and or nine and two. I don't think they play Hamilton this year. They got rid of Hamilton off the schedule because Hamilton doesn't really have a team. So they do, but they don't. Instead, uh, Fairfield gets to play Fort Wayne Snyder next weekend, which is like top twenty ranked in the state. So that's that's a big test. Do, um, they, do they even have any competition in their conference? You think Fairfield? Yeah, Garrett. Garrett's a big and Central Noble. That's the Central two big. Central Noble. Their Central Noble is they're they're 
four and one in the conference, so they're you know in theory right there. But the real test is Garrett, January fourth at Garrett. Um, that's that's pretty much decides the conference championship, I think, in a lot of people's minds. And Fairfield Fairfield will have two weeks off to prepare for it, so uh, perfect timing, I guess, in that sense. But you know, Central Noble is also good. They're you know they've been a historically in the last couple of years, I should say, a very strong program. Won a state title a couple of years ago, and they still got the same coach and some of that same talent. Obviously, you grad- they graduated a ton of their top-end talent in the last couple of years, given it was four years ago that they won the state. But they're still a decent program. Still going to be a tough out in that conference. Uh, luckily, Central Noble is not in the sectional with Fairfield this year. They went to a different sectional. They were in 3A for a couple of years because of the su- success factor. Went back down now to 2A. So we'll see. You know, Fairfield sectional sets up pretty nicely for them to win. Prairie Heights gave them a test, but Fairfield beat them. Bremen's always kind of interesting, but then everyone else kind of falls off a cliff after that. So we'll see how they do. Uh, and But as of now, 10-0, looking pretty good. Ranked again number two in the class this week. Does the win streak end, though, next time out? Probably. Oh, who, who do they play? Who probably. do they play next time out? Good question. <laughs> Northridge on. No, actually, they play Fremont tonight. They play Fremont tonight. And then Northridge. Yeah. So Fairfield should be eleven and zero if they lose tonight. I'm sorry, we jinxed it. But Fairfield should be eleven and zero, five and zero in the NECC when they have a big non-conference weekend coming up Thursday against Northridge, Saturday against Fort Wayne Snyder. Northridge. I want to take some time to talk about them. We've we've given a lot of attention to Fairfield. Uh, this year, but Northridge girls are looking really, really good right now. Uh, beat Concord fifty-eight to thirty-three on Saturday, and uh, that's pretty good. So six dubs in a row. Mm-hmm. And their only losses are to number one Crown Point and number four Homestead. So and both on the road, both at their places. So you know, in terms of the quality loss, can't you know column. That's those two. The really, resume is still strong. Right? Really darn good quality <laughs> losses. Um, they're playing really, really well. Uh, you know, early in the year, it looked like Julia Montalo was going to be the offensive, like kind of carry the offensive production. That she had the big game against Snyder, you know, or Southside, excuse me, Southside, the thirty-five points, and she was you know athlete of the week for us and things like that. Uh, but Eva Fisher and Colleen Miller have really developed in the last couple of weeks. They're starting to find their offensive groove. And with those two point guards and Montala down in the forward position, like, then once again, like kind of like Fairfield, they have three players right there that could all kind of go off, all have a big game, and carry them to a victory, which is huge. You need to have those types of players if you're going to make a serious run. And especially in their sectional with Penn and with Warsaw, both looking pretty good so far. Warsaw will be fun for them for the conference champion. That's basically the conference championship game in a couple weeks. We thought for a second there maybe Plymouth girls would be decent, but Warsaw beat Plymouth by 35 over the weekend. Um, so well, there they go. Whoa. And there they go. So Northridge Warsaw still very much for the, the conference race in the NLC girls. Um, about, and then the uh, sectional too. wonder how Ant Drain's girls basketball team is. Why? Because... A lot of their other programs are very solid, like obviously football okay. and uh, girls soccer. Okay. So what was the point of that? Like they're in two A. Yeah, they play them. Fairfield, Northridge, Northridge plays Andrean. Yep. When I'm is just, that? I'm looking at their schedule. When is that? 
December 29th. Oh. In a tournament. In the Northridge Girls Basketball Tournament. Yep. Yes. Northridge hosts the tournament the 29th and the 30th. They play four games in two days. So That's a lot. They're going to have tired legs. Uh, everyone is going to have tired legs. North Northwood is in that in that tournament, too. Um, yeah, it should be. It's usually... They usually pull a couple good teams there. Northridge obviously has been strong the last couple of years. Northwood traditionally has been good when they're in that thing, but obviously haven't been last year or this year that well. The tournament's on your birthday. It starts on my birthday, yeah. I know. It ends on the 30th, so I'll probably be there for the 30th. It's the tail end. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so Thursday, 10-0 Northridge. As of now, 10-0 Fairfield. At eight and two Northridge, uh, two really really good teams. I would say Northridge is probably the favorite on paper, but Fairfield is a good team, and I would not be surprised if they gave them obviously a good game. But you know, if they beat now, Fairfield beats them, then it's like, whoa! Like maybe this is like more than just a really good team. Like this is a team that could seriously make a run. Because you beat a top top end four A team like that, and you're a two A school like that's that's eye opening. Um, I think across the state, and that would get them some first place votes. I think for number one team in the class. We have some um, you know programs at this boys and girls basketball that could potentially mm-hmm. make state runs. Right. We'll get to Northwood boys basketball in a second because we saw them on Thursday. So they're a good time as well. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun game Thursday night. Yours truly will be there. Exciting matchup, Fairfield and Northridge. So, every I I, I gotta take the good games every once in a while. You know, I, I give you the good games more take times. Take all than the that. good games. No, I, I I I try to be fair. I try to be nice. So, Northridge boys basketball seems they might be uh, potentially pretty good as well. Yeah, uh, just want to also give a quick shout out to Zoe Willems, just being a stud. We'll get to this in a little bit when we talk about the Athlete of the Week nominees. Zoe Williams. I mean, it's just like you could you could say that every week, right? You know, yeah. She carries Bethany. She's a baller. 33 points, 15 rebounds, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 20 points, 7 rebounds. What does Dick Fitel say? P.T. Peer, primetime player. Yeah, P.T.P. That's what uh, that's what Zoe Williams is. She's not a diaper dandy anymore, but she's a sophomore. No. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh baby, she's awesome. Did you see she's the, carrying the team. You see the video of him this weekend? Getting like, all emotional. Yeah, I know. I can't do it, man. I can't watch him. It's it was, sad. It was lovely. Just like it's great to see him back. You know, with everything he's going through. Doesn't surprise me though the way he is. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's shift to a little boys basketball chatter discussion. Uh, let's start with Northwood. We, we mentioned them. We teased them a little bit. Gave a little tease. Uh, we were there Thursday. They beat Westview 73-58. I thought Westview played about as well as they could, given their lack of experience on the varsity roster. Both Mason and Brady Yoder stood out, had big, big, you know, Mason had a nice game. I want to say big game. Mason had a nice game. Brady had a good game, too, but they just don't have the, the firepower that Northwood does. Um because their team, I think, is going to be good. When you watch them play, they have the size. They look like a good high school basketball team. But, you know, Yoder, Rob Yoder said a couple times, you know, those two, Brady and Mason, those are the only two guys with really varsity experience. So it's going to take some time for some other guys to get going. And against a good Northwood team this early in the season, it's kind of tough to, like, evaluate that if, you know, 
somehow they do, which they probably won't, right? They're not in the, they're, they're not in the same sectional. No, Northwood and West are in the same, different classes. So they're not going, obviously. So they're not going to be playing each other again. But if this game was, you know, January. later in the season, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd feel like it probably would have been closer. Yeah, once Westview, and this was the first real game, you know, Rob mentioned after the game, you know, their first game against Bethany was also Bethany's first game, and their, first, their game against Sherbusco was Busco's first game. So this was the first time they really had to put a game plan together with, like, actual game tape of the year. Like, this is the first time these kids, most of those varsity players for them, did a scouting report, and I looked at a real scouting report on an opponent. So this was a whole new experience, and you're doing it against a team in Northwood who is just – Incredible right now, and like I'm gonna read this. I want to read this full quote from Rob Yoder after the game because I thought it was really you know eye opening. That is this guy. This from your story. This is from my story. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say then. I know. So you can you can finish off your Red Bull if you want. I'll just listen. Um, Rob after the game said they are a well-oiled machine. He's talking about West. He's talking about Northwood, obviously. Northwood is a well-oiled machine this time of the year. I believe that they are one of the best teams in at least the north part of the state. You can make a case for them being one of the best teams in the state. Like, obviously talking about the southern half, too. You know, and they shot it very well. They've got great players. They are well coached. They are very experienced. And I would hope the Northwood fans appreciate what they get to watch next couple of years. We have been fortunate at Westview to get a, go on to some state runs. We've had a few teams that have made it to it and a few teams that have missed it by a game. And so I would say that they have all the pieces to make those types of runs. Northwood fans better should not be sitting at home when they can be watching that. That's big words from Rob Yoder. I mean, that guy again. He's been around. He's been around pretty much all of Westview boys basketball's history for the last 35 years. When they've won a couple state titles, been to the state championship. You know, he played on some good Westview teams in the late 80s. We actually have a picture somewhere of Rob Yoder and like Sean Kemp, like guarding each other, kind of. It wasn't really like Rob Yoder was guarding Sean Kemp, but they were next to each other in this photo, which is kind of fun to look at. Um, but yeah, that's big words, Northwood. It, it looked it looked easy, you know, at times. They just passed the ball so well. Like Rob said, well-oiled machine. Like. It's never going to be a problem with them because you watched them last year. Mm-hmm. And they're just like a very well-disciplined, very mature team for their age, especially last year when they had a couple sophomores. To, yeah. They only had that They only had Vincent as the senior. But, I mean, they bring back all this experience so that they all get bigger. They all mm-hmm. get more experienced, you know. They, right. They become – the chemistry continues to build. And then you add a player like Tuggle, who's, you know, fantastic mm-hmm. athletically. Coming off the bench like yep. that, yeah. Ethan Wolf, he's contributing now, you mm-hmm. know. The coach's son, obviously. <laughs> and so. J.J. Payne. They basically, they basically played an eight-man rotation – on Thursday, and all eight contributed in some way, shape, or form. Points, rebounds, assists, you know, everything. It just looked it looked easy. It looked smooth, and that's, you know, a sign of a veteran team. So when, like, you're not noticing, like, they rarely made any, like, bad mistakes. Like, you didn't see that really ever with them on Thursday. And, man, if they're playing like that all year, like, watch out. They're going to make a – they're going to be making some serious noise uh, come March. Yep. I mean, we were talking about the girls' team, like Fairfield, Northridge, talking about having multiple, you know, threats. Northwood, pretty much their whole team could go off on any any given night. Right. You know? I mean, you you even saw it like on Saturday against Fairfield. Ian Roche had 21 points. He only had eight against Westview. So like he had a game where he you know was the leading scorer. Cade Brenner, obviously, is like a superstar player for them. But Chaz Yoder has been playing well. He's Really been having these nice games for them, and Ethan Wolf has range. Uh, both Bontrager and Weens, Cooper mm-hmm. Weens, have 
you know, experienced, and they, they know how to score the basketball if need be as well. So mm-hmm. it's just uh, it's tough to game plan against Northwood. So taking a, taking a quick look at the Northwood schedule, they have uh, Jimtown and Plymouth this week. Those are two games that I think they should win. They should be 7-0. Then they go down to Richmond, of all places, for a Christmas tournament on the 28th and 29th. But this stretch in January, their January schedule is really what's going to make or break, I think, their – I don't know if it's going to make or break their season, but like this will be the defining stretch, I believe, looking at it. These games, in their January games in order, at Columbia City, at Wawasee, Northridge, South Bend St. Joseph, at Goshen, and then Warsaw at home. So he played six games there in January. I mean, after that, you had Concord and West Noble. And Concord and West Noble right there, too. Yeah, so really those games. And then you end with a couple, you know, Tippy Valley, East Elkhart Christian, South Bend Washington, Boys, they're not as good as the girls. The Washington girls are very good. The, the boys' teams are right there, but the girls obviously state ranked and stuff. And then Elkhart at the end, who knows what Elkhart's going to be like? They're they're not looking that great right now. So um, uh, just because Goshen beat them, what are you trying to say, bro? Well, and then Elkhart lost to Chester by twenty five. Sleeping so on one, Goshen, two, bro. <laughs> eight, seven, eight game that eight game stretch from January fourth to February eighth. I think will be pretty. T- and Mishawaka, who knows what Mishawaka is going to look like this year too? So, not as good as last year, from what I've seen. Probably least, not, but so we'll s- you never know. So, they, Mishawaka started slow last year, and then let's take a deeper dive. Found their groove. They lost the Culver Academy by one. Got massacred by Mishawaka Marion, and then they beat Elkhart Christian by eighteen. So they're one and two at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Concord on Friday night for them. So, yep. you will be there. Very exciting. It's news to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I have uh, to work on Friday? Yeah. Is Westview still playing Hamilton tonight? Yes. Because they are not playing Angola on Friday. Their game on the 17th. Yeah, I got. So I COVID it out. I wasn't sure if it was Angola. It was obviously. It's an Angola issue. Obviously, it's Angola. Angola is because Angola was supposed to play Fremont on Saturday, I think, and those games got postponed too. Super annoying. I agree. I thought this was good. I thought we were past this. <laughs> it never ends. I guess um, shifting gears. So Northwood, yep, they're good. But that's going to be a fun like eight-game stretch for them. January, first part of February. So get, that'll get them. If they go, you know, like six and two in that run, or hell, if they go eight and oh, like, then we're like really, really going to be, you know. Did you say H-E double hockey sticks? I did. <laughs> Rich is like, oh, I missed it. <laughs> it's fine. No one's going to get upset. Except for me. I'm put, actually highly offended. You got to put that expletive E, the X, X, uh, whatever. Now, it's a, it's a. Screwed it up. I know. Whatever. Uh, Goshen Boys Basketball, 4 1. What? How about that? About to be 5 1. Playing South Bend Clay tonight after we tape this podcast. So if they lose, blame Evan because he jinxed them. Oh, when I'm interviewing. Uh, Wolford tonight and be like, wow. I'll, I'll be sure to tell him, you know, on the podcast today, I uh, pretty much guarantee that you guys are going to win. So I'm, mm-hmm. glad. I'm sorry that you lost. So, yeah, so. hopefully I won't have to say that. Uh, so this was just like, this is kind of setting up how it was two years ago. So Goshen is now 4 and 1. They play Clay tonight. Probably should win that game, be 5 and 1. And then going into Saturday night, they host Northridge. At home, Northridge, two and one so far on the year. They play South Bend Riley tonight. That'll be an interesting game. And 
It's a uh, it's a contest. Well, two years ago, Goshen was five and zero, oh, I believe, five and one ish going into Northridge game at home on a Saturday night, and Northridge just blitzed them, beat them by like thirty. And the Raiders had a great season, and Goshen kind of scuffled from there. Goshen now, has a difficult schedule. Goshen always has a difficult schedule. So, John, John Glenn's on there at the end. They played him last year, but John Glenn's like really good. John Glenn was really good last year too. So, so. Now they're still really good. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think they've lost yet. I, think I don't think they have either. But so you know, now obviously Goshen and Northridge are different team. Northridge is a different team from two years ago. All the guys that killed Northridge, Stoffer, and all the guys that killed Goshen, excuse me, Alex Stoffer, Carter Solsvis, Clay Solsvis, Sam Smith, aren't on the roster anymore. Obviously, Northridge has reloaded because they're 2 and 1 this year. Blake Jacobs looks pretty good. Micah Hockstetler as well. Um, this is going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for Goshen. It's more of a mental thing almost for them, I think, at this point, where, of getting over that Northridge hurdle. Because if they could beat them, you know, their schedule is tough, and the NLC is tough. Warsaw, Northwood, very good. Concord is not an easy out. You know, Wawasee, I think, could give people some fits if they're on. You know, so, I mean, Keaton Dukes can go off for 30, and all of a sudden it's a game, you know? So, that's a, that's a player for them. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like, this is going to be – I'm not saying like, if the, I'm not saying it's, like, the biggest game for Goshen in, like, years, but, like, feels like a game – it's probably the biggest game they've played since they – played Northridge two years ago when they were off to a good start and there's a lot of like positive momentum energy and it's like you know this year it feels a little different because you know you got Hogan as a senior who's stepping up into this leadership role and you know Deacon Hill is a junior Quinn Bechtel is a junior you know your guys are older now like they were all younger two couple years ago playing in this game and now they're older like this is going to be the sign. Like, did did we mature? Did we grow? Right? Like, all the things you want to say, like, oh, yeah, we're growing. Like, we got to take our lumps. But once we get to this year, we're going to be fine. Well, we're at this year now with this group for Goshen. Are they going to be fine? That's going to be the test on Saturday night. Can they beat Northridge? Because if they do, feels like the possibilities are endless for them. I'm not saying they're going to win the NLC. Like, Northwood, Northwood and Warsaw are very good. But... It just feels like it could be a different year for Goshen if they beat Northridge on Saturday. January 21st. Got to beat the boogeyman. Northwood Goshen. At Goshen. Yeah, so I mean, they, at least they get the uh, tough games at home. Even though the video I saw of uh, Drew Hogan, crowd didn't look that great. So, yeah. at home, well, court advantage. Tough. You know, I think I think Saturday's crowd will be good. I think because Northridge travels well, and it's only a ten minute drive. Rivalry game, NLC game. People are boycotting Intera Gym. <laughs> Don't put that out there, please. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where that's where we're at with the kind of the NLC check in. NLC games begin this weekend. We mentioned Goshen and uh, Northridge, Concord at Mishawaka, Plymouth at Northwood, Wawasee at Warsaw Friday night. So. It's rough, stuff. rough uh, picks. Northwood and Warsaw will probably win, and the other two are too close to call. So I'm not going to pick them. You can't even bring. You can't pick two and not pick the others, right? <laughs> you pick. You pick the other two then. Uh, what am I looking at? Concord at Mishawaka. Oh, I see that. Yeah, Concord for sure. Goshen at Northridge. As long as Zavin's playing, he he made a commitment, so I think he's not going on anymore. 
college Congrats visits. Congrats to Zob and Kultukian as well, by the way, for committing to Colgate. That's cool. That is cool. Out of the Patriot League. In New York, correct? Yes. Colgate is in New York. Yes. Do you know what part of New York? I'm guessing upstate New York. Didn't they win a uh, game in the NCAA tournament last year? Maybe. Well, the, no, that was, that was everyone's... Um, Maybe... The, they get, they played in the tournament against Arkansas. I think they're like a 14 seed, and they were a trendy pick, upset pick, and I don't think they won, from what I recall. Mm-hmm. What are you looking at? Got an email about the Notre Dame football media schedule. Did it change? No. Just an update on who is going to be available tomorrow for signing day. Notre Dame's football signing day. The early signing period begins tomorrow. Yes. And if you were wondering, Florida is ranked 79th. And <laughs> Notre Dame is in the top 10. So uh, yeah, They lost the commit yesterday, C.J. Williams. He's a good wide receiver. Anyway. Quick uh, quick check-in with the other NECC schools. We did a lot of NLC talk. You didn't pick Ocean Northridge, actually. Who's going to win Goshen Northridge? It's at Northridge. So I was, no, it's at, sorry, it's at Goshen. I wrote that wrong. Yeah, you wrote it wrong. On John Harrell, John Harrell's like it's at yeah it's at Goshen. That was really hard to say. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Goshen the home <laughs> playing at home. You just yeah. ripped the home crowd, but I'm not gonna give them because they're playing. That's at home. why I laughed. <laughs> That's why I laughed. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna say why not? You know, let's give them. Let's give the Red Hawks the uh, the dub here. They finally get the monkey off the back, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Sounds good to me. I'm not sleeping on Goshen anymore. All right, quick, quick NECC whip around as well. Uh, we mentioned Westview, they're two and one. Fairfield lost to Northwood on Saturday. They're three and two. West Oble, yeah, we'll talk about Lakeland first. Lakeland got their first win of the season. They beat Bethany Christian. Uh, good for them. They got a good win or a win. Uh, it's a double digit win. And West West Noble four and one. They beat. Busco in their first conference game over the weekend, and they get a big one on Friday night. They host Central Noble, number one in Class 2A, number 19 overall in the state, uh, who beat number one in 1A, Bar Reeve, uh, 67-42 on Saturday at Southport High School in Indianapolis. That Wisconsin commit. Connor Asijan, he is legit. He's very legit. They're looking really, really good. Uh, That'll be a great test. Connor Asijan versus Austin Kripe Friday night in Ligonier. Uh, yeah, that's that's worth the price of admission right there. So, and you get the girls game beforehand too. You get a girls varsity game at, at six o'clock. So, very good. I just can't. Rich, Rich is uh, he's hanging out in here, and his his toe is just hanging out of his shoe. It's just out there. <laughs> it's just too hard not to say anything. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, having, I'm having a fun time. This is fun. Northwood Wrestling. A couple quick notes from the other sports. Again, it was kind of a slower week for the wrestling and uh, swimming communities, you know. Undefeated Northwood Wrestling. Northwood went 5-0 in the Northridge Super Duels. They are now 9-3 and overall, 3-1 and in the NLC. Their only NLC loss being to uh, Mishawaka, who's probably the favorite to win the NLC, along with Wawasee. So, Wawasee-Mishawaka Wrestling will be a very good matchup. Intriguing. Yes. Um, Wawasee swimming. They won their invites on Saturday. Not the t- not the stiffest competition in the world, but they still won. So good for them. And uh, that's pretty much really all that was notable from the weekend of 
of that. So I didn't really catch anything else. Nothing, anything else catch your eye? I know you were preoccupied at Notre Dame on Saturday, and that caught my eye. I'll tell you that. Do you want to talk about it? Yes, we got to talk about. Are we building that. the Blake Wesley statue yet? Blake Wesley, South Bend, South Bend zone. Right, Riley, South Bend Riley, alum. And, well, he's from you know what I meant. Yes, South Bend Riley is the high school he went to. Yes. Yes. Very good player, and he's arguably been the best guard on the team so far. He might. He's arguably the best player, period, Dane, on the team. Dane Goodwin's been pretty solid. He also scored 14 points. Mm-hmm. He's kind of overshadowed by, obviously, Wesley's uh, ended up being game-winning jump shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the poise of a freshman in that environment against a team like that, very impressive. I yep. was impressed. In case, in case you missed it, Notre Dame beat Kentucky 66-62. Uh, number 10 Kentucky at the time. Um, so that's a big win for Notre Dame. They were 3-4 and four coming in, so much needed for morale, I guess, to get that type of win. Mike Bray was happy, you could tell. He was might, just, have, might have started saving his job because of that win. So Let's, let's chill out. You know? <laughs> they just have to, saying, put it to, out there. They, they have to play other games. You know, that's, the, ACC, that's the, the ACC is a little down this year outside of Duke. It's really bad, actually. So yeah. they have a chance to maybe you know mess around and you know win enough games to look, make them look like they're playing well. They, they might actually play well, too. Obviously, Duke on New Year's Day is a big one for them at home. They'll be overshadowed by the football team playing that same day in the Fiesta Bowl. But, you know, watch the Fiesta Bowl in the, you know, in the early afternoon, then go over to Purcell Pavilion and uh, watch the Hoops team play Duke. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Well, they need to string together a few wins before – or a couple wins before that, before they start worrying about that, you know. Well, they play they, they play IU. Indiana, Western Michigan, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Pittsburgh before that. They could – Win three of those for sure. If you win three of those four and you go into that Duke game with an eight and uh, seven, no, yeah, seven and five record, and you beat, you got to beat Pitt, I think, to you know, in conference because they lost to Boston College. Yes, Pittsburgh so you should is be able terrible. to beat Western Michigan. You should be able to beat Corpus Christi, and you should be able to beat Pitt, hopefully. And then they get North Carolina at home after that, like the, right. ne- the next game, right? January, 5th. couple big ones coming up. Uh, IU they play them down there in Indianapolis, part of the Crossroads Classic. Uh, the last Crossroads Classic ever, according to the people who run it. So, you get Purdue-Butler in the morning game, like the noon game, and then IU and Notre Dame at 2.30. So, end of an era. Yeah, Mike Bray. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out Muffet McGraw, women's basketball coach. Got her put in the ring of honor Sunday at the women's game when they announced they're going to build a statue for her outside. That's pretty cool. I wonder what her pose is going to be. She's just probably like- going to be the crouching one. Is that her uh, famous pose? Her crouching on the sideline. They put the decal like sticker of her on the court, and that was her. It was her crouching down. So I'm guessing her statue will be her crouching. She so, must have strong knees, especially crouching in heels, man. It's tough. Oh, yeah, been there, done that. Oof. Yeah, that's knowing from experience. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shout out Notre Dame. They're doing all right. Uh, bowl prep begins. Drew uh, Marcus Freeman continues to be the most impressive human being in the world. And uh, yeah. just continue to glow over him. No Kyle Hamilton, no Kyron Williams for the bowl game. It's tough breaks for them, but I think they're still going to be the favorite against Oklahoma State. I think Notre Dame will will win the game, personally. So, 
Uh, quickly before we get out of here, we're taping this before Athlete of the Week becomes official, but just want to run off the nominees uh, beforehand. Zoe Willems from Bethany Christian. We already read off our numbers. Had a monster week. Averaged 27 points and 10 rebounds in three games. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Aaliyah Hirschberger, we talked about her last Wednesday when we taped after she broke the record. 42 points, 10 three-pointers made in that victory over Clay. Both setting new program records. And then also Grace Brenneman from Concord broke a program record in the uh, 50-yard freestyle race last Tuesday. Pretty impressive. Drew Hogan from Goshen had a big game against Elkhart last Tuesday and then the 20 points and the game winner against St. Joe on Saturday. And then Ben Kyle from Lakeland had a nice week. He had, including a 35-point performance in a 63-48 to 48 loss to DeKalb. So he scored 35 of their 48 points. And then he also had 24 points in the win over Bethany Christian. Had a double-double against Fairfield earlier in the week. So he had a pretty nice week. Uh, those are our five Athlete of the Week nominees for this week. So I just want to give them all a shout-out for that. So I think that's it. You got anything else you want to add about the uh, anything else in the sporting world? About anything else in that? Did you watch Monday Night Football last night? I did. That was a good game. Yeah, it was fine. Rams won. That's good. Sure. It's good for my team. Now it's, uh, sorry, your Bears are 4-9. <laughs> you can't really, uh, they're not even, they're not officially eliminated from the playoffs, right? They're still still alive, barely. <laughs> yeah, because everyone in the NFC is terrible. So, everyone in the NFC outside of the top five teams is terrible. It's the AFC. If you look at both sides, it's like those last couple wild card spots. Yeah. You know, who knows? It could go five teams a million the, different ways. Five teams in the NFC all at six and seven right now. Just crazy. It's like, who's going to not choke it away? Who's going to take advantage of the opportunity? That's the question. The Bears stink. Justin Fields played well in the first half. Got uh, Vikings-Bears on Monday night. I know. In Chicago. They're subjecting me a second straight week to watching them in prime time. I checked how much tickets were just for the heck of it. It's like 40 bucks. I was like, it's going to be really cold at nighttime. Not worth it. I've been. I went to a Bears Vikings primetime game in October of 2011, and uh, Devin Hester returned a kick, and he had a big touchdown catch. It was awesome. The Bears won like 35-10. It was the last time Donovan McNabb suited up for the Vikings. So when date yourself, Donovan McNabb after he played for the Eagles was a starter for the Vikings for like six games, and then in the third quarter they took him out and they put Christian Ponder in, the who was their, is, who was their draft history. pick that year. Then he was a starter for at least a, years. a season or two. They went to the playoffs the next year when Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards. Yeah, that's how long ago it was, uh, you know, that Bears-Vikings game now. Ten years. Um, anyway, that's it. That's it for the podcast this week. Thank you for everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed all the antics and everything. We had some good times. Talking about Rich a lot and his foot. So that's that's why that's, and, Rich uh, has since hidden his foot. <laughs> oh, now so, he's put no, it back out bad. there. It's out there for everyone to see, except the people who are listening to this. Uh, we'll be back next week, try to recap a little bit more of the week. And, uh, yeah, talk about other sports. We'll see you then.